The Swingin' A's are in first place, Julio, kind of. They're a half game back. We've played more games than, than the Astros. But when before we started this pod, I was going to hopefully say that. But who would have thought at any point in time during this season that we, the A's would be in any form of first place in the AL West, even though it's only six games in? Well, take it. I've been, I've been riding on a high this whole week. I've been talking shit in multiple... Group chats, I've been t- texting multiple Yankees friends and coworkers. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, it's, it's just so great to have baseball back and to actually see the A's being fun right now. It's, it's even yeah. more exciting, man. And in, in that first series with, against the Phillies, I think the, what really like, was hard to tell how, how they were going to play or not was there was definitely a lot of lineup um moving around and a lot of guys playing different positions and you could tell that mark that Kotze was still trying to like figure out what guys roles were but it, it felt like after once the last game of that series came along you, you kind of got a more of a feel for it but when i thought we were playing the rays or when i thought we were playing the rays i i for sure thought we would win maybe one game but for to take to take a uh fucking three out of three out of four against them that like that was something that was really impressive and to see that how consistent the offense was and everything oh my god it was just it was so much fun to watch it, it felt very giddy oh, it's it's it, you feel like a kid again like i there was multiple times throughout this last week where i was like standing watching the game just out of like dude excitement like it's For it's real. awesome and that's the thing that we've been preaching for when we knew all this shit was going to be going down with this team, there's always going to be something to fun with this team. There's something always yeah. going to be exciting. You're going to get attached to, even if they rip your heart out, there's always going to be some fun and excitement with the A's. But anyways, Chris, welcome. It's been a few Town weeks. Tailgate. Town tailgate, baby. I'm Julio. That's Chris. It's been, uh, so, three weeks. Was yeah. It roughly three weeks. Uh, yeah. Roughly three. Last weeks. pod was the, the farewell to the Olsons or the Olsons, the, the Mats. Mats and the, and, and Bassett, right? And yeah. then welcome back to the, the old guy or the old is new who we're going to talk about them a lot in a little bit because yeah, it's one of the main things, but yeah, it's great. Oakland A's baseball is back. Baseball is back. We have a lot to talk about. Um, yeah. least Chris got the sweater. A lot of history happened in this past week around the game when it comes to uh, oh, did you screw up too early to hitters making history to gender lines being crossed for the first time? Uh, yeah. A lot of A's news. We're going to talk about the upcoming series, make some of our bold predictions on the season. But Chris, uh, first and foremost, where you're at, and I know the real reason why you're there, but what else? Why else are you there? Why, why am I in San Francisco? Oh, opening day, duh. Well, I thought you were going to say Xavier's wedding first. but Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Shout out to our buddy Xavier. His wedding is tomorrow. That's, I'm also here for that. But uh, I'm here for opening day. I'm here for Easter. Uh, I am sitting in my sister's kitchen right now um, in San Francisco. She's her brand new house in the Richmond. Hey. Uh, Richmond District. And uh, it's pretty cool. So very, who, are you, uh, who, are you, who are you going to the game with? Everybody, dude. Uh, Mason, obviously. Me and Mason have our traditions since 2008. This will be our uh, – oh, my God, my math is terrible. This will be our 14th, 15th. straight year. 14th. 
8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. Because you count 08 as one. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. I guess you're right. Huh? That's awesome. Okay, 15, straight Kick ass. Uh, same um, teams? Ho- Jose and Sierra are going. No, no. We, we, we've moved around a bunch. Chris Martinez is going and Krista. Um, Adris and Jenny are going. I mean, like, my whole Antioch crew pretty much is going. Hell yeah. Shout out to Chris Martinez, State Farm agent of Walnut Creek. Like, good neighbor. Where's our hats? Yeah, he owes us some swag. Um, but, yeah, that's what I'm doing here. Um, super excited for opening day, especially now the team is relevant. But uh, we should hop into the national news first. Let's get that. Let's get going with that. So, um, was it on yesterday or was it on? Uh, was it on Yester- yeah, yesterday morning. Yesterday. Uh, Clayton Kershaw had a perfect inning through seven innings. And, of course, Dave Roberts pulled him from the game after I think he had 80 pitches in the game so far. Like, it was pretty low count. Um, So, once again, uh, Dave Roberts pulls one of his pitchers um, with a no-no going. Um, Or in a a quality start in general. Um, This really has lit up Twitter um, by storm. Uh, Jeff Passan tweeted that he, in his eyes, he he threw a no-hitter. He he counts it as part of his... uh, his um, accolades, but I, you know, I Julio, I have a, I, I've been pretty vocal about the way I feel about how Dave Roberts manages his pitchers. Um, I get the analytics are very in favor of you know, after the third time through the lineup, your starter should get pulled because that's when he starts to, that's when the batter starts to figure him out. Um, but when you have a no hitter going, like you got to just give the guy a shot. Yeah, it, it, this is, it just kind of sucks that we're. We're this small into the season before we got some major con- well major controversy about yeah. how base of the game is getting played, how the things are being played. Because it, I think this is why I'm most looking forward to this conversation because I thought you are going to be more on the, he should have stayed, whereas I was kind of on the I get it side. Because at the same time, Clayton Kershaw was co- totally cool with it. He's like, I would have been awesome. It would have been cool. But at the same time, you know, I was had a limited spring training. You can thank the lockout for that. And you've seen across baseball, nobody was going far into games so far. I think even I think Cole Irvin went something like six got, and point. Yeah, he got pulled after like six and a third today. Yeah, yeah. But like across baseball, a lot of guys aren't going more than five innings, maybe six innings, because I think a lot of these guys' arms aren't in shape. So with someone like Kershaw, who you've had a you know, was out majority of the year last year. He's 33, 34, around there. Yeah. You just want to be conservative. You want to keep him up there because the last thing you want is, you know, guys going up to pushing that high 90 in pitch count and then tweaks the wrong thing on a pitch and that's it. So, but it's a fucking no hitter, dude. Like, oh, no, oh I mean, I'm sorry. I, it's not no hitter. It's a perfect game, but it's still, perfect game. Even, even more. Like I, I'm sorry, I just I can't wrap my head around that. I understand like the the like medical risks and everything, and like how there's been many cases in the past. Tim Linscombe is one of them when he threw that like 150 pitch no hitter and was hurt like two weeks later and was like out for like six months, not six months, like four months of the season. Like I get it, but dude, I mean that's a that's a lifelong dream right there. If I if I'm if I'm that pitcher, I'm livid if he, if he pulls me out. Clayton Kershaw's a lot more chill than me. I, I don't know. I mean, I just I, – and, and we talk about this issue with Dave Roberts in the play, in the playoffs all the time, how he pulls his pitchers too early in the playoffs. 
Um, and he, you know, he's kind of like he's too. He's just married to the the analytics. I, I just, I don't know. I, it, it all feels relative to me. Do you think he would have done it if it was say Walker Bueller, uh, Walker Bueller or Julio Arias? Do you think he still would have pulled him? I don't know. Walker Bueller has had kind of some injury issues recently, hasn't he? In the past couple of years. No, I think he was relative, but but uh, more more so like the if it was one of the young guys. Do you think he still would have done it? Like a younger, healthier arm? Is that yeah. kind of the way yeah. you're looking at it? No, I think he does it either way. Okay. I think this is just his managing style. It, it, it doesn't it, – it, early in the season, yeah, I mean, that's a big part of it. But it, it, he, he never lets his pitchers pitch past like six innings. Like that's his, always been his thing because of because the numbers against the third time through the lineup. And it's going to be funny once when we talk a little bit about this past week in baseball with the A's specifically because they brought this point up on the broadcast, which is just like, I don't know how sustainable that kind of model of baseball is going to be because it's like, well, if you're just going to have your starters consistently going four or five innings, you're going to kill your bullpen. And yeah. then what now? And then you can yeah. only have so many arms there. And Granted, this first month, I think it's going to be a little more lenient because they have like expanded rosters because they're kind of treating this as 26. Like a, yeah, because they're kind of treating this as like a a mini spring training, more or less, because they didn't get the full thing. But it's this is this is going to be a problem going forward. I understand why you did it with this situation, but it's like you can't this cannot continuously happen. By the but way, didn't, the, didn't the, the Nationals prove two years ago that the game is not a, a bullpen style game anymore that the, the game has evolved like because they rode their three their three starting pitcher pitchers through that world series even last year yeah the braves rode with uh yeah. with freed and and morton and ian anderson and they just had the last three guys in the back with like with will smith and uh tyler balsack or what's his name matzik they call him balsack <laughs> No, that's his I, nickname, dude. Go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like come bucket. Um, <laughs> um, but it it's just, uh, yeah. I I I I don't think. I mean, I haven't thought of. I I haven't seen a a bullpen heavy roster since the Indian. The, the yeah, they were the Indians, and in, so I could say it. Uh, the Indians in 2016. So I don't know. I mean, it feels like yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It'll be, yeah, it's, I'm hoping this is just a one-off for this. Roberts, this is your one time where you can over-Roberts yourself from history this season. He did it, and I think they said this is the second time that a pitcher had a perfect game going through seven innings or six innings, and they were pulled. And the other time was Rich Hill with Dave Roberts as a manager. Yeah, I so. remember that. I remember Richel was pissed too. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Richel. Anyways, on to the next topic. Uh, little known man. Speaking of those Cleveland teams, the artist formerly known as the Indians, the Cleveland Guardians, had their first week of baseball, and uh, they had some absolute history happen. Quick question: Were you offended when Tom Hanks was the the voiceover of the of the Cleveland Guardians like announcement video? Uh, low key, because he's technically from Cleveland. No, he was born in Cleveland. No. What's his connection? I'd have no idea. 
It's his I, dad? I thought it was very odd that they would pick Tom Hanks to be the 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 voiceover for that when he's an A's fan. Like, why wouldn't you get someone who's like a famous Cleveland person, like a like an infamous Cleveland fan? Oh, uh, he studied theater at the Great Lakes Theater Festival in Cleveland, Ohio. But I thought, like, why wouldn't you get like LeBron to do it? Because LeBron's a a Yankees slash Dodgers slash whoever's mating at the moment fan for baseball. He is. I thought he was a. I thought he was a Guardians fan or in was Indians fan. He was at the World Series 2016. Anyway, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Um, or they could have got Drew Carey, Machine Gun Kelly. That would have been dope, actually. <laughs> Ohio. Anyway, Steve Kwan. Stephen Kwan. You may have not heard of him at this point last week because he was just a rookie taking, um, you know, getting a start with a spot with the Guardians. But he has made baseball history. Um, he went in his first, it followed up historic Sunday, he went Five for five and reached base six times in his third career major league game. So God through damn. four games, he's reached base 15 times. But here's the craziest part. And then at one point he had reached base in nine consecutive at bats. But the craziest part about this whole entire thing is until yesterday, he had not swung and missed on a pitch. Mm-hmm. He'd become the sixth player since 1901 to record a five-hit game within three career games, and just the second since World War II. The other person was, yeah, that other person was. I like Yerman, how that's a stat. Well, yeah, the other person was Yerman Mercedes. So remember last year when he went crazy yeah. and yeah, yeah, yeah. Tony Larusa pretty much was like, rrr, rrr, rrr. "You need a catch," and that was it. Mm-hmm. The other players include. Uh, these are all real names. Cecil Travis, Red Macy, Jack Those Dalton. Are very old school names. And Judge McCready. So, yeah. What, 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 uh, it's a quote from The Office where it's like, no one has had this much drama since World War II. I don't know. Anyway, it, for some reason, that, that's what I thought of. Did we give up um, when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? No! Um,. Yeah, I mean that's fucking insane. It's almost it's almost as if like he has a time machine and he can go into the future f- like five seconds before t- to see what the pitch is. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like like because like the this is like an unreal success rate. Like it's not it it doesn't it feels rigged almost. You know? It's like he he stepped into the team's hot tub, and then all of a sudden the hot tub started swirling him around. And he traveled through time five seconds ahead. Oh, um, Julio, that was terrible. He's referencing Top Dub Time Machine Kids. <laughs> it was a great movie. Great movie. Um, great movie. No, but like it's, I think it's a really cool because this, obviously they changed their name this last off season. Yeah. Um, that a lot of, they've gotten a lot of slack this past off season as well because they were also one of the teams who didn't spend much money, if at all. But guess what they did? They signed Jose Ramirez to extensions, like a fiber extension. It's like a pretty good like team-friendly deal, too. So mm. that's kind of washed out their mouths out. And then plus, you know, Stephen Kwan just made history and was kind of the talk of baseball in this last week. So it's, it's really awesome, especially as a rookie. 
to see somebody do that. Yeah. Tip of the cap. Not much else we can say about it, really. No. Well, hopefully you can... The bar's been set. That's all we can say. Yeah. Um, so some history was made this past week um, on the um, gender front. Um, two specific ones. Um, this one was um, yesterday. Um, Alyssa Nakin. Nakin? Nakin? Nakin. Alyssa Nakin. She's a she. She's a coach for the Giants. She um, was the first base coach, first ever female um, on field coach um, in MLB history. So that was pretty cool. And also, um, last Friday, Rachel Balkovic uh, made her um, professional baseball managing debut with the Tampa Bay Tarpons. Um, so some barriers are being broken, Julio. Um, I was lucky enough to interact with Rachel a little bit, and she's awesome, and she's a great. She's going to be a great manager, I think. Um, it's really interesting to look at um, that particular um, case because the Yankees have decided to entrust this woman with the future of their franchise with these young single A baseball players, and yeah. Um, to have someone start out there with that kind of hanging over the shoulders is, I don't know. I just find that whole aspect of that narrative fascinating, but yeah. Yeah. No, it's not just you're going, you're, you became the first woman in like, in professional baseball to take a managerial position. It's that you're also doing it for the Yankees. Yeah. So it's like this his you know historic the most known American franchise, arguably sports franchise, mm-hmm. like them and Cowboys, right there probably American yeah, um, and to kind of take that probably like Real Madrid and like Manchester United up yeah, there too. and but like the the pressure that must be on this woman to kind of you know have any sort of success is crazy. But the thing is, I think yeah. majority. Mass majority of people in sport and the baseball industry are cheering for her. Everybody yeah. wants her to succeed. Everybody's rooting for her. She took a fucking line drive off the face and was put yeah. back on the field like a couple days later, yeah. like it was nothing. Like she's gonna be. It's but you're totally right. She's gonna be also uh, managing, or she is managing Jason Dominguez, who's like the Martian. Yeah. He's like the the Yankees' mm-hmm. top prospect. So yeah. I think that would be really old outfielder. I think that'd be really cool if their careers kind of start aligning with one another and they kind of go through this together. Um, but yeah, awesome, big things. And then with the Alyssa Nakin, it, it was kind of interesting why this happened because the Giants' normal first base coach, uh, Antoine Richardson, got thrown out of the game. Yeah. So she was, from what it sounded like, she was just like back in the cages with like a couple other guys. Yeah. And they're like, Hey, you're gonna go coach first. Mm-hmm. So, and it's kind of cool. Like the first place. What's that, she? What's she a coach? What, what's what's she a coach of? Like, uh, for for the Giants again? Like, what she's? Uh, I'm looking that up right. She like assistant hitting coach or something like that. Yeah, I think she's like an as as here. Let me find the exact title. Yeah, she's been around the game for a long time. She's been she's been an assistant coach for a long time. Yeah, and that's the thing about like all these the the you know the two women we just talked about. It's like they're not just like these people are like yeah we're gonna, like they more know about base they more they know more about baseball than like 
98%, of like the American population or like like there's a reason why they're there. Yeah. But also, coaches. oh my god, didn't realize this. Chris, Sac State alumni. Yeah. Yeah. And she's she from was Woodland. a softball player. She's a softball player at, at Sac State. And she's from Woodland. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Shout out to uh Singers Up. Uh Corey McLaughlin. His mom lived in Woodland, if I remember right. I don't the know. Late two thousands. Yeah. I think so, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, uh besides the point, she took the field, big, you know, a warm ovation from the crowd, and she, you know, Eric Cosmer was the person on first, shook her hand, uh, congratulated mm-hmm. her. So it's awesome feat. She's the first. She is one thousand percent not going to be the last, and I can't wait to see like how yeah. this goes from here. And I'm still trying um, to find her exact she she this is her second year on that staff i want to say um it i i don't know yeah I don't, yeah assistant coach i'm sorry assistant hitting coach uh just assistant coach uh, okay if she was back in the cage in the clubhouse and she was probably working on like scouting report for the next for the next inning or some shit like that anyway okay uh let's move on to a's news uh julio um <sighs> We have a former Oakland great and Hall of Fame induction, so go ahead. The tip of my invisible cap. (laughs) Sean Anthony Manaya, 2016 through 2021. He won 50 career games. Lost 41 through no hitter and was easily the most lovable person in today's clubhouse during his tenure. Sean, your gift card to your hypothetical gift card to Drake's car dealership will be shipped to you because you're going to San Diego where there's a lot of great beer. This one was uh, pretty shocking because they were just so deep into spring training it was like at this point you just assume that they there were that they had decided to just hold on to him you know like they just had they gave up on talks i you know a lot of people know my opinion who listened to this podcast because i tweeted it i felt like it was a pretty shit haul um for um a very um consistent above average pitcher but um it was also awkward too because they were playing the Padres that game. So he like literally just went from one clubhouse into the other one and just like put on a new uniform and yeah, yeah, it was weird. With was his weird. with his green glove still, yeah. Too. Just, like it was a I think it was a home game for the A's too. It was at Hohokam, so it was like he came, he came in like he like because he got traded like during like warmups. So like he came in like was in the clubhouse hanging out was like yeah was like getting ready to go out in the field and, and do warmups. And then they just like, Oh, well you have to go in the other dugout now. Like, and then he pitched that game. Like, it, I don't know. It was just really weird. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. Weird. And you know what? I think this, uh, I know you're pretty high on the, the Padres uh, rotation. Cause I know you're a big Mike Clevenger guy. Yeah. But now they just one through four is pretty damn good with you. Darvish, yeah. Manaya, Joe Musgrove, Mike Clevenger. And now their fifth hole, you're pretty much – it's probably going to be Mackenzie Gore. I know they have a couple other guys who are kind of shuffling in and out. But, um, yeah. Oh, Blake Snell, but he's hurt. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. But for the A's, yeah, their return was pretty minimal. 
Uh, they also gave up Aaron Holiday, who was a right-handed pitcher, and Not then the they received player. yeah, <laughs> and then they received Adrian Martinez and uh, who was a right-handed pitcher as well, and Uribel Angeles, a teenaged infielder. They well, that's re- what that's what I don't get. Like we we have. All we have in our farm system is infielders. Like, why are we getting more? If anything, we need pitching. Like, why didn't they trade for pitchers? Yeah, that's, they re- the, that's the biggest thing that was bugging me. Yeah, they they really love their infielders right now. I don't know why you're just going to keep adding a surplus. It's kind of yeah. like when they're just getting a bunch of catchers. You're like, yeah. why, why do we have so like, ob- like, catchers are different because it just seems like one of those guys could just fall apart at any moment because that's just mm. the nature of being a catcher. But it's just like, it feels probably our strength right now, especially seeing how Zach Galloff performed in the spring. You know, a lot of high expectations for Max Muncy. It's like, but, you know, why? Yeah, and like with how good of a spring that, that uh, Nick Allen just had too, that should make you feel pretty good about the future of, of your infield. Like, I don't know why you would stock up more and try to get more safety nets. I don't know. It, 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 I don't. I didn't understand it at all. So Martinez, he'll probably be in the bigs at some point this year. He's twenty five. He's yeah. Uh, he actually had a pretty decent year last year between double and triple A. Had a three point three eight ERA. Um, he had a two point nine strikeout to walk rate. Hundred twenty five innings. Uh, the big thing is he's got like a pretty solid fat or change up. It's just uh, the command and breaking ball issues where it's kind of fell off. And yeah. the thing is, the Padres are known. For at least the last few years, it's changed a lot because of so many trades they've done of the stellar farm system. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they couldn't make any rumblings and try to take a, like, a little chink off the armor that is the Padres farm with these two trades, that's the whole thing I'm bummed, I'm bummed about. Yeah. That okay. being said, if you want to play devil's advocate here, uh, Sean's going to be 31. He's had a history of shoulder issues. Um you know, he's kind of has a a volatile away like record. There's a reason why when we have these important, you know, winner take all wild card oh when they have the wild card game in two thousand eighteen. Oh no, he was hurt. My bad. I'm sorry. But yeah, there's a reason why when he would go to certain stadiums, we'd be like, Sean's gonna get lit up. Yeah. And when he'd go when we go to Yankee Stadium, Fenway, whatever, because he just can't hit and pitch in those parks, so you know, who knows? Uh, I think we're all obviously going to be rooting for him. We're going to be watching him as many starts as we can with him and, and Boma out there. It's going to be weird. Mm-hmm. We'll see. But you know what? The past in the past. Let's talk about this goddamn current A's team, which includes uh, somebody who he's Ace fandom just really despises this guy. Anytime you mention his name on Ace Twitter, you're going to get at least five people being like, "I he needs to go. I absolutely hate him. Uh, Why Scott, is that? Um, he, he, isn't he like he's just this is Sky Bolt we're talking about? Yeah, it, is it, it? wasn't it something like people Ace Twitter went down like a deep dive on his, his Twitter and like found some like not great things or something? Yeah, yeah. So well, the reason the reason why we're talking about him, he got sent to the IL. He was going to be on this uh, the big league roster to start the season. Um, Adam Kolarik was called up, and he actually had, like a pretty good outing the other day. So yeah, awesome to see him kind of getting things together. But. Uh, I think it's a combination. Also, Adam Kalerik was a big part of that. That um, was like kind of the main piece of that trade. Sheldon Noisy and who's the other guy in that trade? Yeah, who the fuck was the other person? I'm totally blanking. 
But yeah, he was supposed to be a bit uh, uh, like a key part of our our bullpen last year, and he completely just fell apart. So yep. hopefully, you can get it back. Sorry. Go ahead. That's, uh, I think it's a combination of yeah, one the very uh, alt right liked tweets and yeah. tweets from him yeah. that got a lot of fans upset, especially in the Oakland East Bay. You know, a lot of people don't tolerate that shit. So that's one. Yeah. But two, the guy is like a. 300 hitter in Vegas constantly tears it up and yeah. he, he's never figured it out in Oakland. He's been called yeah. up so many times, time and time again. He's just not, it's not translating. Uh, but Do you think it's kind of counterproductive that our AAA stadium is a hitter's park and our major league stadium is a, yes. a pitcher's park? Absolutely. Yeah. Because like even because we're, we get kind of like, Gunshot. I know Melissa was saying that like it, it gets a lot of confidence for those guys, but I don't I don't know if that's a good thing. You know what gives them confidence though? Is their coaching there? And guess who's a new hate coach? We gotta take a few minutes. I know if Jason Burke listens to this, he's gonna be high on this. Motherfucking Tommy Everidge mm-hmm. in his first week as the hating coach. Holy shit. Oh, like night and day. It's only been a week. Don't want to get ourselves excited. The A's led our leading Major League Baseball in batting average with runners on in scoring position. Mm-hmm. The freaking A's, who have been terrible for the last few years with that, or middle of the pack. And I, I wrote in our show notes, I'm just going to call him Big Dick Tommy Average. Yeah. Holy crap, man! He—it's like leaps and bounds difference from what Darren Bush was doing. Like it's—it's—it's it's, it's fucking wild. And also, like I, you know, we—I tweeted out, you know, that um, the comment—it was actually you said it, but I—I stole—I stole it and tweeted it. The how Mark Kotze is going to be like the Steve Kerr of of uh, baseball this year with a different lineup every day, but it's working. Like all he's like really being creative in the way that he puts together these guys and and who he who he bats them um, next to and. It it got like they just like they just feed off of each other when when guys are in scoring position, and I it, to kind of deep dive they play a lot like the Rays, where the Rays yeah. don't really have and there's no everyday guys that ever. I think Wander Franco is going to be the, the exception going forward now, but in terms of everywhere else on the field, there is no guy who is there every game who's going to be playing every even Kevin Kiermaier oh. who's like a platinum. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's like uh, a platinum for, Glover, but I think he meant for us. I was gonna say, I mean, Tony Kemp's gonna play every day, and except he wasn't like that yesterday. Sheldon Noisy was at second, and then there's gonna be some days where oh, Jed's yeah. gonna be playing second. I think the one, I think the one everyday guy's probably gonna be Elvis. Yeah. Until the wheels fall off, and knock on wood, but even like yeah. Murph DH today with Austin Allen behind the plate. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure Stephen Vogue's gonna be behind the plate some games but it's really cool like they're it sounds like they're kind of really leaning into that you know next man up mentality and it's it's let's see if it works and i think a big part of that like tommy average having familiarity with a lot of these guys too helps mm-hmm. out a lot where he's been around dudes like sheldon noisy and and seth brown for time for years now probably so a lot yeah. of familiarity there so i just gotta give him his two cents. His last minute edition, I put in the show notes, but he one thousand percent deserves it, man. He's killing it, dude. Yeah, he and he deserves the credit. I mean, him, him, and Kotze deserve Kotze deserves some credit for his strategic batting order. But like, yeah, Tommy Everidge, one thousand percent, and it looked rough that first game 
or no, that second game when they only scored one run, it was like, oh shit, it's gonna be like this, and then they're every game since then it's been at minimum four runs a game like there's there's still a lot of the old problems with kind of the old guard like yeah uh chad pender still striking out too much i i i feel like he's very he's a lot of that old mentality of what kind of um what either if it was bo mel if it was darren bush kind of having that philosophy but it's a it's a long season we're first weekend we're just excited to give us the credit uh, the A's have finally righted some wrongs. If you didn't see in this past week, uh, a fan asked Dave Stewart on Twitter, hey, what's going on with your uh, jersey retirement? This was supposed to happen in 2020. It fell off. And he pretty much told the truth. He's like, I know shit about it. He, not, he didn't say that. He's a lot more articulate than that. Um, but he's like, kind of fell off the track. And nothing's happened since then. Uh, of course, you don't disrespect Stu like that. So A's Twitter caught on fire. I'm sure Dave Cavill's mentions were blowing up like they have mm-hmm. a lot this last week, which has been pretty funny. So yeah, the A's actually have announced three events happening this season. Uh, one will be at the dates are still kind of to be determined. But uh, Dave Stewart retirement ceremony or Jersey retirement ceremony is happening. It's his jerseys. His, the number 34 will be up in the stands. It's going to be awesome. Uh, the uh, 50th anniversary of the 1972 Oakland A's. That's going to be awesome to have there. And then uh, if you want to feel old, it's the 20th anniversary of the 2002 uh, uh, 20-game win streak A's. So, cool. Are you going to try and make some? I say I'm going to make a, at least one yeah. of these would be great. Absolutely. I wonder if my parents will go to the Jersey retirement because my uh, my mom like loves Dave Stewart. Is that her favorite, her favorite player? Uh, no, I think Ricky's her favorite player, but he's up there. I'm gonna. I need to ask my. My I think my my dad's favorite was Ricky too. My mom's was Dennis Eckersley because <laughs> she had the hots for him. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah, did you see a hair in that mustache? Those stashes. Head? So the other thing we then to kind of go back to more of the baseball talk, or this talk on the field, uh, to go a little bit more on that. Kind of the switching things up the team uh the experiment at first base it's kind of been a little bit of everywhere so it's been a first base by committee this past week uh, seth brown was getting majority of the starts but then we had billy mckinney was in there sheldon noisy steven volk was wasn't starting but he was coming in as like a whenever they get a pinch hitter and he'd take over at first and then uh, jed lowry had his first career start uh was that today or yesterday at first um do, it, it, now we're just gonna see our first impressions obviously it's been a week I don't think there's really been any stellar plays per se. You don't think someone's running away with the with the race again, little? No, it. I feel like Seth Brown's been the best though, he, especially with his bat. Yeah, it especially when um just from watching the game to seeing them hit the crap out of the ball. Once Ramones comes back, Ramones gonna be playing every day in right field. Yeah, and then Pache and then Pender and left, so it's like, I think this is. This is Seth Brown's job to lose, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think that he's doing a pretty good job right now. I mean, every time McKinney just is – I see him in a box score I, or on a line, in the lineup or run out the field, I just want to shoot myself in the head. Uh, that dude drives me – I don't understand why he's on this team. Anyway, um, but, like, I've been pushing for weeks. Sheldon Noisy, I think – I feel like he's the best option for first place. Sheldon Noisy has heavy Max Muncy energy. Everything about him, everything about his situation, where he played, 
every it, he just has he just has like a Max Muncy type of feel written all over it. Hits it hits the ball out the park really well. His underrated um, um, good defender, you know, was DFA'd. Played for the Dodgers. See what I'm saying here? See what I'm, see what I'm going for, Julio? I think he could be a Max Muncy level type of, type of guy. I, I I love it, and then we also have to remember. Um, Eric Thames is still just getting his reps in the minors. So that's yeah. going to be another potential guy who could come up and take that position. But, um, yeah, it, it's a lot of flexibility. Nobody's really stood out. I don't think we've really seen enough of what – of Jed. I was most intrigued by Jed because yeah, he's, been a goal, he's been a career gold glove caliber second baseman. So I'm mm-hmm. sure there's going to be some – translation there even if you know he's not your prototypical tall first baseman guy but i think what we've seen over the last few years is you don't need to be that guy you just got to be athletic like look at yeah luke voigt wasn't the the biggest dude but he's dude's got hamstring stretches for days where he can pretty mm-hmm. much catch anything and see him as g-man Choi. so lowry's is- played every single infield position i just realized that would he play third Remember, uh, has he played third? Remember when when the Mets like stole him from us? He he was their third baseman before That's he got right. hurt. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, when yeah, he signed it's... that when he signed that big contract, they they wanted him there to play third to play third because they had um what's his face um Rosario. Yes, Eddie Rosario. That's right. Yeah, yeah. But let's see. I think this is definitely probably going to, at least over the next month, this is going to be the most intriguing storyline. It's just like, will there be a an everyday first baseman out of this? Or are we just going to see this committee? And then I think for you, it's just going to be like, is Bill McKinney actually going to be on this roster? Yeah. I, I the, the committee's working for now. Like, I'm good with it as long as McKinney's not part of it. <laughs> And then last but not least, uh, Sean Murphy's ass is now the most famous ass in baseball. Yeah. A lot he got of, nailed by one, and it just bounced right off. A lot of... Uh, Twitter loved that. Interesting videos. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of TikTok sounds over it that... Uh, do what you will. I think the, the funniest thing that happened out of it was... Um, uh, John Boy Media tweeted out the video, and Grinders Grinders Twitter account replied, <laughs> saying like, "We just became baseball fans." <laughs> so he he was pretty, and uh, I don't have the quote in front of me, but Sean was pretty funny about it. He was just like, you know, I could hit like four grand slams in a game, but it's it, but like this is the thing that's gonna be <laughs> that's mm-hmm. gonna make me go famous. And the best part is everybody else was just giving him shit for it. Yeah. Uh, Tony Kemp retweeted it saying Murph got cakes with two cake <laughs> emojis. Uh, James Caprillion was having a lot of fun with it. Um, yeah. I didn't know James Caprillion was so active on Twitter until this week. I was, he's like, he's been, not just this, he's been talking to him like, he's been interacting with fans and shit like that a bunch. It's been cool. He's bored, man. Yeah. I need your back, it's gotta dude. It is. Yeah. It's got to be what it is. Um, all right, uh, Sean, you're not Sean, you're Leo. All right, Leo, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll come back. We're going to do season predictions as our uh, main segment this this uh, episode. Um, so stick around, and we'll be right back. Uh.
Okay. All right. So we're going to pick three things, Julio. Just three. We'll stick with three. Yeah. It's the magic three, number. Three predictions that we have for the season um, can be anything. Pretty um, um, open-ended um, uh, exercise, so we won't we won't keep it too specific. Um, do you want me to go first, or do you want to go first? Lead it off, man. All right. So my first one is I've been tweeting about it a lot because Jason Burke post uh, tweeted this out. He wanted to know what people's um, bold predictions were for the season and. Uh, my main one that I'm sticking to my guns with is uh, Sheldon Noisy will have – I think I'm going to go a little bit lower because he hasn't been playing every day, but I think Sheldon Noisy will have 30 home runs. I've been saying 35, but I don't think it will happen. Uh, Sheldon Noisy will hit more than 30 home runs this season. I am extremely confident with that. That guy, the, his big thing coming up through through the farm system when uh, when he was at the A's was that he has just an insane amount of pop. Um Melissa Lockhart used to always tweet like videos of his minor league um, at bats, and he would just crush the shit out of the ball. Um, he's got one already this season, and I, 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 I'm confident. I think that he will. I think that he will do it. And I think he, he will win that first base spot too. Julio, that we were talking about before the break. I love it. I think you kept comparing him to Max Muncie, and you yeah. said Max Muncie like three times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like, I think. It's kind of smart in a way that they're they're kind of picking up their old guys who had been in that organization because it's like, hey, let's you know come back and you learned what you could in that farm system and all that stuff, and you're gonna bring it over here and make yourself a more well-rounded player. So yeah, I I hope I think this team has a lot of potential pop there. So that's awesome. I love that one. My first prediction is. Uh, the ace closer, the ace closer, I think lose days are numbered in my opinion. Yeah. And, uh, either because one, he's going to lose his job or two, he's mm-hmm. going to get traded, but by season's end, he's just too inconsistent. Yeah. Um, I see Kirby Sneed becoming the full-time closer of the Oakland A's. Really? Just from it seeing... Was him- it was Jimenez today who who looked good, dude. Yeah, but just from seeing what he's done in this last week, a lefty closer coming out, I know everybody's yeah. kind of heralding AJ Puck as the guy, but I still think he has that potential to be a, a like a long term starter. Um, but now what I've seen from this last week, he's outside of that first initial game in Philly, where we just can ignore that for everybody. He's looked really good, and I think there's a there's going to be at least. I can see three guys potentially taking this job, with whether it be Kirby, whether it be Zach Jackson, or you mentioned Jimenez. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, I, I'm a big fan of him already. I love the long hair. I love that his name is Kirby, and he's just just I, the amount of memes I can make out of is great. But I'm a big fan of his so far, and that's my my first prediction. Yeah, I AJ Puck was I I I wanted to be AJ Puck too, but I he just he was terrible this spring terrible and that's just not gonna cut it i yeah i i don't know man i want i want him to work out so well um or so much but i just i don't know it's it's interesting i i don't know if it ever will um okay uh my second one dalton jeffries is uh gonna be in the rookie of the year conversation oh love that Mm -hmm. i don't know if he'll win it i don't want to go quite there but i think he'll finish top top five 
He yeah. looked great yeah. the other day too. And he looked great all spring, and he looked great when he came up last year in the bullpen um, after, during the September call-ups. And I, I don't. I mean, I don't know why he was so low on the top prospect rankings for the past few years because everything I've seen from him has been lights out. Even last year, and his like some of the appearances he made, I remember him being, you know, pretty good. He looked pretty yeah. solid coming out. Whether yeah. If he was like a spot start guy, or if he was kind of the long reliever, which um, Dallas and Kuiper talking about it today, that once Cap comes back, yeah, that mm. six, you know, that long haul reliever spot is going to look really good. Whether it's going to be, um, you know, Adam, I know you were giving a lot of shit to Adam Aller the other day, and then I was like, hey man, this is a starter. This is this yeah, is a starter. But it's like, yeah, we'll see. There's going to be a lot of options, but Dalton Jeffries, I think, is definitely earning his spot, especially. Knock on wood if, if Frankie gets traded, but love that, love that. Well, Rosenthal defunct just defunct those rumors today. Good, good. So, they're stupid. I don't, don't, I don't touch, know if they were ever real or not. Frankie. My next prediction, um, it's going to be for our All Star this year. I, I think it's going to be like a one guy thing, uh, but I'm going on a limb here. James Caprillion is going to be our all, one our sole all star this year. Hmm. I, I think he looked great in stretches last year. He's really shown that he's got uh, he's got a lot of you know heart. He's got a lot of guts out there. He has no fear, and he's really starting to come around to look like the guy that they traded for back in sixteen. Um, yeah. Now the, I think the only issue would be okay is his injury history. He's already starting off this season injured. Is is this going to be a consistent thing? But if I think he can, if he can stay healthy, I could see him putting up some really good numbers. And it, it, this isn't going to be like a a looking down on the A's saying that he's the only like all star because I think just there's going to be so much talent in the American League this year. It's going yeah. to be hard to see some of these guys overshadowing these other players. Um, yeah. But. Because of the role of baseball, I could see him being the guy. I like it. I dig it. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it. I think it depends when he gets when he gets back from his, from his injury. Because like, if it lingers a little bit and he's not back till May, I just don't know if there will be enough sample size for him to be an all star. But I mean, I, I can't think of anybody else who would take take, you know, take the run away with it from the pack, you know what I mean? And someone yeah, yeah. has to represent us in the all-star game. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, all right. Uh, why am I blanking? Oh, even though um, Elvis Andrews has started off pretty pretty well this season, I still think that uh, I'm sticking to this this um, this prediction. I think Nick Allen will be called up by June and be the starting uh, shortstop. By June? Oh, shit. Yeah. Because yeah. I think that – I think it's going to fall off the rails a little bit for, for Elvis. I mean, I hope it doesn't. I hope he keeps going like this. This is great. Like, you know, I'd, I'd love to be proven wrong on this one. Um, and I think that he'll, that he'll be involved in a trade. So, for a, to a team, like, let's say the Angels, who need a shortstop, an experienced um, shortstop that's reliable on defense. So, yeah. Nick Allen, and he, dude, he was, God, he was fucking killing it in spring. I, I know. just Yeah. I just feel like it's going to get to a situation where, like, 
they will have no choice. Like he's going to be killing it so much in AAA, where it's like, all right, well he'll he's probably more useful than fucking Billy McKinney is. So, you know. Oh God! You, that, every year I feel like A's fan base has like this. Their their number one hated player. It's like twenty twenty was Daniel Megden. Yeah. And then last year was Daniel Sky Bolt. And yeah. then this year is it's. It looks like it's becoming Billy McKinney. Poor guy. He's just trying to play some baseball. Well, just do better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what else to say. Uh, my. What's your last one? My last one. Um, I. I think the A's are going to be in it, in terms of competing, until the final week of the year. I. So I thought about doing that one too, but I thought you would laugh at me, so I didn't do it. No, it's. This week, this week, it's hard not to feel a little confident and a little, and a little like maybe you know realistically, I think the Blue Jays will bring us back down, will humble us a little bit. But after winning three out of four against the Rays and splitting the series with the Phillies, it's hard not to like have a little bit of an ego boost right now. So straight up, we're, I'll, we'll, I'm gonna we'll talk about it. Well, first off, if you're listening, we're gonna be still doing our season preview. It's gonna be a little delayed. Uh, we've yeah. been very busy the last few weeks with our careers, so besides the point, I'm not as high as on the now that I'm actually thought about it a little bit more and kind of thinking about the rosters. I'm not as high as on the Rays as like I thought it was going to be. Right? Like I looked, their pitching is kind of like de- it. I, I it's really fallen off their start their rotation. No, no, don't get me. They have. Super talent, like Shane McClanahan looks really good. Luis Patino yeah, looks th- good. Yes, they have young talent, but like, I don't know. I mean, they need to rip off the fucking band aid. Let them pitch. Mm-hmm. That's what, and that's just going back to what I was saying earlier, where the problem is like, dude, Kevin Cash is gonna kill that bullpen if you're gonna keep having McClanahan only only going four innings or Luis Patino only going four innings or. Or whoever the start is, and then when Glassnow comes back, they're going to be doing the same thing because he's coming back from Tommy John surgery. Yeah. And then now you have Corey Kluber, who I don't know where he's at the organization. It's just they're thinking too far into it, and mm-hmm. I was expect like when I was thinking of my initial breakdowns of the East, I'm like, oh yeah, I think they're going to be, you know, I I I think they're going to be the wild card and all this stuff. I'm like, I don't know because of that. That that being said, I think the A's. Um, I should have been listening to John. First off, shout out to John Fersh, uh, the new host of him and his brother, and the host of Locked On Angels. If you hadn't seen yet, nice. so congrats to those boys. Uh, make sure you listen to them if you want to get some Angels news. Um, but he's been kind of telling us, "Oh, you guys are gonna find a way to to still win eighty five games or win ninety games." And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah." But everybody keeps saying that to me too. Like when I was like super depressed about the Mets, like, "Yeah." I don't know, man. You guys always seem to be in the playoffs. I don't know how you do it. I'm like, I don't know if that's going to be the case this year. But after this past series, I'm kind of starting to... But I think about, like, if Kohler... Like, think about, about this. And there's one more playoff spot this year. Yeah. And one that's more playoff the, spot. Exactly. So, especially with how this rotation has done, I think, outside of Frankie's first start, and then Aller's start the other day, I think the rotation's been really good to start this first week. So... Yeah. I think there's a, a lot of potential... I think they're going to keep us invested all year. I just, unless they're going to be make a trade, if they're not going to make a trade, no. then 
I think they're going to be in until the, until the end of the season. Which, honestly, if you would have told me that after all these trades that went down, I'd be satisfied. I'd be, I'd be super okay with that. Yeah. As long as we got the stadium. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, all right. So those are our three season predictions. Um, so let's uh, let's wrap it up. Um, the upcoming series is um, Blue Jays on. Uh, that'll be from Friday to Sunday. Man trap. Next week, and then next week, uh, um, is opening day. It's opening day, and then it'll be against the the Orioles. Um, that is Monday through Thursday. So I'll see you all at opening day. I will be there. As I am, like as as we said at the beginning of this, this pod, um, as I have been for the past fifteen years. Um, all right, who's your player of the week? Elvis, Elvis. Wow. Um, <laughs> so I was kind of like a couple of days ago. I remember seeing he was in the two hole. I'm like, why is Elvis hitting two? I'm like, no, nah, he's not. And then I I saw his his stats. I'm like, oh. Uh, Elvis was like at that point was hitting like over 300. Now he's come to, he's yeah. hitting 273, but he's been playing. No, he's hitting 308. Oh shit, he's in... he had two he had two hits today. Oh, okay, so it's not updated on on the I was looking Yahoo Sports app, but yeah. no, he's been he's looked great so far in the season. Um, I think he's his bat's been getting there. I think having his veteran presence has really made a huge impression on this lineup. I think all those guys, the vets there, and. Um, I hope this is just the start of a really rejuvenated season. And I know, look, we we all were talking bad on him last year about, you know, he had a pretty poor year. Um, and I, I think at the end of the day, he's not that guy. He's been a pretty reliable shortstop his whole career. Um, I hope this is just the start of him making a bounce back season. And I just want to give him his kudos while he's there. So Elvis Andrews, my dude, play of the week. How about you? I I hear you. I just uh, I'm just I guess I'm just I'm so high on Nick Allen. The I'm Nick just, Allen Kool Aid's getting to you. I know it's hard. I just want I just want the Elvis experiment to be over with. But you know he's been playing really well. It's hard to be upset. Um, mine is Christian Pache. Ooh. He uh, had a inside the park home run today, which was pretty badass. Um, and he's killing it. He's hitting 304. He's making amazing catches. Um, in the outfield, he had like a, a Willie Mays catch today. Um, or like over the over the shoulder. Um, and yeah, he got his first major league home run inside the park home run, but you know, home runs, home run. Um, so I want to show him some love. So that's my player of the week. Awesome. And now for the essential tool of the week. So if this is your first time listening to the podcast, first off, glad you stayed till the end. Appreciate it. New viewers, new listeners, uh, make sure you get it to a thousand followers on Twitter. We're so close. Um, this is pretty much our, our guy to watch for the week. Right. So for me, I am looking forward to watching Kevin Smith over the first week. He had his first, he has been struggling big time at the plate this last week. He had his first hit as an Oakland A today. Finally got the monkey off his back. He's going to be heading back to his old stomping grounds of Toronto. Um, I, I could see him really having a, Hey, screw you guys for trading me kind of moment. And I hope he can put some digs in. And plus, um, I'm excited to see him learning how to play in Oakland, especially at third. We've had a, a collection of amazing third basements throughout the years because of how friendly yeah. those, that foul ground is. And I'm excited to see what he's going to be able to do there because, you know, 
the expectations there. So Kevin Smith, you're my guy this week. Uh, mine is uh, going to be Adam Oler. He just, you know, he gave up five runs in one inning in the first inning of the game last week. You know, like, if he wants to stay on this major league roster, he's got to do something. He's got a, a start coming up this week, and he really needs to kind of prove himself because James Caprillion is probably a couple weeks away from getting back, and, and you know, the plan seemed like before, like he was going to have this starting spot until um, while Cap was nursing his injury and then he'd move to the bullpen. But I don't even know if you can move into the bullpen now because he showed that he can't even pitch – like you know, yeah, I know you 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 think there's more to it. I think that you think he's gonna bounce back, but yeah, I don't know. He's my player to watch because I want to. I just just to see if he can if he can uh, bounce you know rebound from that 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 rough one. Well, he's gonna be rebounding in Toronto. So uh, yeah, Vladdy Guerrero just hit three home runs off of Garrett Cole, off of uh, the Yankees, two off of Garrett Cole. So yeah, best of luck, buddy. We'll see, bro. We'll see. All right, that's going to wrap it up for us. Um, make sure to follow us on Twitter, at Town Tailgate. Um, tell people to follow us so we can get to 1,000 followers. Um, see everybody at opening day. Come say hey to me if you recognize me. Um, anything else, Julio? First pot of the year. I already finished my, my beer, but, you know, cheers there for that one. Or the yeah. first regular season pod. Um, no, that's it, man. I'm... I'm I'm actually very excited for baseball right now. <laughs> yeah, man. It's actually been fun to watch. All right, Julio, last but not least. Let's go, Oakland. I'm pointing at my patch on my jacket for the listeners. The Town Tailgate is an independently produced podcast. It is written and executive produced by this guy, Chris Madrigal, <laughs> and my partner in crime, Julio Reynoso. It is sound mixed and edited by yours truly. Social media management and marketing is run by, once again, my partner, Julio Reynoso. And a special thanks and shout out to my brother, Larry Madrigal, for composing and producing our theme song, as well as graphic designing our album cover and artwork. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Please tune in next week. Please subscribe. And last but not least, as we always say, let's go Oakland.